another edition of Two Guys in a Chainsaw. I'm Todd. I'm Craig. And today we watched the 1989 film Clown House. Craig, this was your pick. You must have a history with this movie. I do. And I don't know if I need to apologize uh, for picking this in advance. I hope not. Um, I do. I, I picked this one not because I think it's a classic film, but this is a movie that I saw as a kid. And I say that. I rem- in my memory, I was really young, but the movie came out in 1989, and I saw it on cable, so I had to at least have been 10 or 11 years old, mm. but my I was on uh, vacation with my family. When we were young, we used to visit family a lot, and the grown-ups sometimes would go out at night and, and leave us kids at home, um, <laughs> which was fine. You know, they left us pizza money and stuff. It was all good. We, we were old enough, but uh, my sister and I... We're just, you know, watching TV late night, and this movie came on Showtime or HBO or something, and we caught it from the very beginning, and we sat and watched it the whole way through, and we were terrified. (laughs) Terrified. And that was the only time I had seen it until I was an adult, and I think that I just was, you know, trying to figure out what that movie was, and I eventually tracked it down, and I found it on Amazon or something, and I ordered it and watched it again, and it hasn't aged as well (laughs) as I would have thought from my memory. Well, this is not the movie to watch when you're a kid and you're being left at home alone. (laughs) Right. Because it's essentially a home invasion film. Yeah. (laughs) And I don't know, you know, scary clowns, you know, that's a... it's kind of a thing now. I, I I don't remember it being so much of a thing when I was a kid. Kind of when I was a little kid, you know, clowns were fun and Ronald McDonald and the circus was fun. Um, and then I am certain that I saw this movie before I had even heard of Stephen King's It. But of course, mm. eventually that came around and I think ruined clowns for everybody forever. Yeah, <clears throat> that was the turning point. Yeah. Before that, clowns, the whole freaky clown thing is really just the last few decades. Growing up, Ronald McDonald especially, nobody nobody was really that afraid. I mean, probably there were people, act, right. whatever, who were afraid of clowns, but it just wasn't a thing. And then I think It was the one, you're right, that came along, and that miniseries on TV terrified all of us. Yeah. And then, then you started seeing all these scary clown movies coming out, and it's just been a total pop culture thing, where horror films have pretty much been responsible... <laughs> Absolutely. Part and parcel for turning us all oh, against yeah. clowns. Yeah, they've destroyed it for kids. I, mean, <laughs> I, I don't know any kids who are into clowns uh, anymore. But, I, I, <laughs> you know, we were sitting here watching this movie, and, uh, I, you know, I was kind of gauging your reactions and whatnot, but I have really just been <laughs> really interested to hear your take. What would you think? Oh, all together? Yeah. You know, honestly, it wasn't a bad movie. I've seen... I've seen worse films. I've seen cheesier films. Yeah. I think more than anything, this was your sort of paint-by-numbers horror movie. Yeah. Like, pretty much everything that you'd expect to happen happens, right? Right. From the beginning to the end. I don't think there really weren't any surprises, except it did still keep me kind of on the edge of my seat wondering what was going to happen to these kids. Right. Right? I mean, it follows the three brothers. Sam, very young Sam Rockwell. Yeah, in his first film ever. Is that right? Oh yeah. my gosh. Mm-hmm. And uh, he is quite a character in here. He is the oldest of these three brothers. His name is Randy. Uh-huh. And then there's Jeffrey, who's a little younger, who has the glasses on. Middle He's brother, right? Like your typical middle brother. And then you have the youngest kid, uh, whose name is Casey. And he's the one who's terrified of clowns. Right, which is established right from the very beginning. Casey didn't like the circus last year, remember? It scared him. 
Yeah, mm. and their relationship with each other is pretty interesting. Like we've talked about in previous podcasts, neither of us had brothers, uh-huh. but we've both had younger sisters. Right. And uh, so we don't probably get the whole relationship between the boys at home that, that it, it seems more more rambunctious to me. Yeah, it, <laughs> but you know, the funny thing is, this is kind of what I've expected having brothers would be like yeah. you know it's kind of an yeah. you know it's antagonistic you know they're always picking on each other calling each other names uh smacking each other around but there are moments in the film too where there are kind of like little tender moments between them they are brothers yeah they, you know they care about each other even if you know the big brother is really kind of the big jerk uh, of the group and and jeffrey the middle one is kind of the sensitive one who's looking out for everybody and casey's the little innocent one who needs looking out for and it is like like your stereotypical oldest middle child youngest yeah. child right yeah the oldest guy randy mm. is like intensely brutal he's just the biggest jerk oh yeah he's a total jerk but that's kind of like i, I imagined if i had an older brother that's what he would have been like yeah. <laughs> you know especially in those adolescent like high school years where they're totally into girls and little kid stuff is you know little kid stuff now and uh it's it's a burden to have to kind of take your brothers around to things when you've got other things you'd be more interested in really you know the quality as far as production and and stuff of this film is is not really great the acting is is I would, really uneven. Yeah, really uneven. I mean, good parts. The three boys hold their own. They I think pretty do, well. Yeah. But he, I mean, even then, you know, there there's still some times where it's maybe a little cheesy, a little bit laughable. We can all sit together. We can all hold hands. Huh, Casey? I bet you'll need someone to hold your hand. I'm not afraid of the stupid circus. So shut up. Maybe not all of it. Lighten up. Maybe not the lions, huh, Casey? Or the elephants. Shut up. Or the fat lady, strong man. Shut up! But Casey, but what about those clowns? You think I'm ever gonna forget you running from that stupid clown? No one's ever. Knock it off! I get invested in the kids, like you said. Yes. You know, I, I want to see what's what's gonna happen. And there are moments in the movie that I find still really creepy mm-hmm. and, and spooky. No, I'm with you. I was sort of expecting to be kind of laughing throughout the whole thing, you know, just kind of making fun of it most of the time. Uh-huh. And, of course, there are plenty of moments oh, yeah. that. But I was emotionally invested. I wasn't taken completely out of it. I was really curious to see who was going to live, who was going to die, and maybe cared more so than most. Because, really, there really are only three characters right. in this film. There's the mother, whose acting is absolutely horrible. Yeah. We- <laughs> Fortunately, she's gone after the first five minutes. Oh, my gosh. She's gone real quick. And then they go to that. The Jones bro- Is it the Jones? No, the Jolly Brothers Circus. The Jolly Brothers yeah. Circus. And it's a small town circus. Looks like it's set up in their park, this little tent. I mean, the production value of this movie really shows in that they're trying to make this small circus seem like a big deal. Right. And the production value shows throughout. throughout. I mean, this had to have been shot on a shoestring budget. It just had to have. And we were making fun of the... uh, uh, the logo for the production company, what was it, like, commercial productions or something? Um, this really low budget. That I've never seen uh, before outside or since. <laughs> or since this <clears throat> movie. But, you know, you accept that and you try to look past it, I guess. Well, we've seen worse. Yeah. We've seen much worse. Um, he goes into this fortune teller's thing at the carnival. She looks at his palm into something that ends up becoming sort of a recurring theme, which is this fortune teller, this, again paint-by-numbers fortune teller. One of right. her eyes is, like, is like cloudy. Yeah. She speaks in this horrible accent. Right. You know, she walks in, and the, the whole tent is filled with 
animals and dead animals yeah. and things hanging and whatnot. And looks at his lifeline and says, uh, suddenly is, is sort of freaked out by his lifeline and starts reciting something in rhyme to him about how his line is broken and he needs to be careful or whatever. Right. Casey, you must take great care. Come on, let's go. Beware, beware in the darkest of dark. Though the flesh is young and the hearts are strong, precious life cannot be long. When darkest death has left its mark, Go on, get out of here. And so that freaks him out. The fact that he even has to be here at this carnival yeah. freaks him out because he's freaked out by the clowns. And that gets established by a dream about clowns. Earlier the, on. Uh-huh. I mean, this kid is obsessed with this clown problem. Right. You know? And he has to go. I mean, the they, they force him to go. I mean, this he's <laughs> like traumatized. He's begging not to go. The mom has to go visit an old aunt or something. He begs to go with her. Oh, no. That'd be super boring. Go to the circus that you're mortified of. Um, it'll be fine. So they do. They go to this circus. And whereas, you know, the production is low and you can tell, there's still, I thought atmospherically, it was pretty good. And part of that was kind of the lighting and, and the way that it was shot, I guess. And you know more about that than I do. But as, as, as you may laugh at this, but I thought that the music was, uh, was kind of effective in places. I mean, it's this very 80s synth music. Which I have a soft spot in my heart. Do for. you? Oh, big time. <laughs> yes. No, I do. I Like, I hear, as soon as that soundtrack fired up, uh-huh. um, and I think it just kicked right in in the beginning when he was in his bedroom having that dream, I was like... Uh, at least I'm going to enjoy the music of this film. <laughs> Good. I'm, I'm glad that we agree on that because I did think that for whatever reason, it's just kind of a screechy, kind of long, unnatural sound. And it really does kind of establish it's it it's spooky. It, it makes shivers run up and down your well, And there are interesting moments in the in the score, too. Like, uh, well, when they go into the circus and uh, he has this sort of run in with a clown that tries to pull him out of the audience for some act and he doesn't want to. And so he in front of the whole town embarrasses himself by tearing out of there. In the meantime, there's a point where uh, the clowns are taking off their makeup and there are some guys outside of the tent uh, and the clowns are in there. Again, these horrible accents that are trying to sound French or foreign or something Uh like that and and are obviously totally put on. There are some people outside the clown tent as the clowns are taking off their makeup who are peeking in and uh, you know doing that horror movie villain kind of thing. Right. There's noise outside. Who's that? Right, and there had been some really clunky exposition leading up to this. Like, when the boys are on their way to the circus, they happen to pass by the loony bin that's, I guess, just in their town. and (laughs) The crazy house. You're right, the crazy house. (laughs) And uh, they see a police car speed by with its sirens on, and uh, they have this little brief conversation. Ooh, I wonder what's going. Maybe they're trying to break out. You know, like, (laughs) like, ooh, foreshadowing. That's not obvious at all. And then... uh, uh, after you know the Casey, the little boy, his first run in with the clowns. I mean, these are just the regular circus clowns. But even when the regular circus clowns are introduced, I mean, this first clown kind of appears from out from behind like a post or something and first you just see his white glove kind of come around, around the post and then his face slowly emerges up above it and it's scary. It is scary. And it, he starts making faces at him. Yeah. And he's doing the clown thing, the peekaboo and of course, he's just doing it for this kid because everybody is turned <laughs> looking the opposite direction right. at the three ring circus. And this clown is on the wings sort of doing all this goofy stuff. 
for him who can't take his eyes off of him right. the opposite way. And then, of course, Casey turns around and it's like, wait a minute, am I the only guy? And it turns out there's a little kid behind uh-huh. him that the guy's actually miming with. And the... so, But even though it's supposed to be innocent, I mean, the, these are just the real clowns that are just doing their job. Even when they go to try to grab Casey to pull him out, you know, they, they, they're looking for a volunteer. I mean, this is supposed to be fun. It freaks him out. Even though it's supposed to be innocent... I was sitting here thinking, it really is not no. hard to make a circus nightmarish. Yeah, and you know, as a person who's never been afraid of clowns, who's never really bought into that fear, and I and it terrified me, but it didn't really turn me against right. it, and I've always thought it was kind of, I don't want to offend anybody, but I always felt it was kind of silly to sort of be afraid of clowns. Okay, yeah, clowns can be demonic, blah, 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 but generally they're not. Yeah, you're right. Uh, it takes this typical clown in the circus smiley face on his face uh, bright lights everything action going on and does find a way to twist it into that spookiness and it sets you off guard right because you think oh this is the clown that we're going to be afraid of these are the clowns that are going to be messing with us and it's not till later when those clowns get jumped by the guys who escaped exactly (laughs) the crazy the crazy folks who made their way to the circus killed the performance clowns Twisting um, their necks around. Right. They, that big, seems to be their fan. MO. That, yeah, 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 absolutely. And, uh, you know, the, the clown's very club. You know, it's it's these interesting shots of just these the hands, you know, rummaging through all the clown's makeup and whatnot. But eventually they land on this white pancake makeup that they kind of become fascinated with. And you see them uh, start to apply, or, or the central one, Chizo, uh, the <laughs> clown. You see him start to apply it. And it's all... Uh, you know, in a big close-up on his eyes, and he's got these kind of big, you know, wide, crazy eyes, and him smearing the grease paint underneath his eye. It was a spooky image to me. Yeah, <clears throat> and 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 they did a really good job too of uh, not showing you very much of their faces before right. they put on the makeup. Right. So they were very sort of mysterious guys, and putting on this mask became their character. You didn't see that full-on transformation of. Here are these uh, guys who escaped from the mental hospital. Now they're clowns. All you see is this sort of sinister in the shadows figure, and now they're clowns. Right. Which I think just that little uh, bit of not showing you all that, psychologically, I think has an effect. Yeah, and you know, you said you didn't want to offend anybody. I am kind of afraid of clowns. I mean, not, you know, it's not a rational fear. I don't really think clowns are going to come get me, but the (laughs) image of them is spooky, and and, and Casey, the the boy, even kind of talks about that. He says that the reason that he doesn't like clowns... So I don't like about clowns. Their faces are fake. Big happy eyes. Big painted smiles. It's not real. You never know what they really are. And by having these three escaped lunatics, you know, they don't have any backstory. They, we don't know anything about them. They don't have names, even aside from the clown names that uh, they stole from the circus performers. They really just are a menace. You know, mm-hmm. they are they are evil. They are danger. One of the things that I think that the film does well is have them always kind of lurking where you wouldn't expect them to be lurking or maybe lurking where you would expect them to be lurking, but kind of in the background. And it's just, uh, yeah. And it's not psychopaths that put on makeup. I mean, it is, right? but it's not presented that way. It's evil personified, right? They're not talking. No, they don't know dialogue. They don't make a sound. Mm -mm. They don't scream. They don't screech or anything. It's completely silent. Just like a clown. Right. They really take on that clown persona full and foremost in the sense that even throughout the movie, they're toying with these kids. Yes. Like a clown would toy with you. And so you forget that they are 
lunatics escaped from an asylum, they are evil clowns. Right. And and they're toying with them and they're taking great joy in it. You know, mm-hmm. like they're they're smiling and kind of rubbing their fingers together menacingly. Like they're really enjoying messing with these kids. But we you know, we've seen them kill three people and then I feel like they they felt like they had to throw in another murder for some reason. <laughs> Once they were in clown makeup, there's just kind of this random store guy that uh, gets offed by the clowns too. Again, uh, I just had to say just like hilarious portrayals i mean this was i don't know probably shot in la <laughs> it's sort of your standard low budget portrayal of some country folk mm-hmm. you know like people who've never actually been south or been to the midwest overplay the sort of uh, accent the country store and they have a barn out the back and this right. barn serves clearly serves no purpose <laughs> because all that's in this barn is stack upon stack of empty crates from floor to ceiling right i mean it's obviously a set dressing you know they had to work with what they 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 had uh, apparently and <laughs> it's kind of goofy uh, in moments but again i think that the clowns did a good job of being menacing especially the central one there's three of them oh chizo is the main one and then there's bippo and dippo chizo is genuinely frightening i think now bippo and dippo kind of just play his henchmen they're yeah. not as in the forefront and i was noticing i had never noticed this before but as we were watching as the credits were rolling i said it said that uh, psycho chizo was played by tree I don't know what that means, but I would guess that this guy, whoever it was that played that central clown, Shizo, was some sort of performance artist. Was a clown. Right. Maybe a clown in real life because he he captured it really well. Using the classic clown name tree. Right. (laughs) Right. Maybe maybe it's just because he's really tall. I don't know. Maybe that's his his nickname. I don't know. But uh, he was done up just like uh, the Tim Curry clown. You know, there's sort of those clown styles. There's the hobo clown. There's the sad clown. Right. There's the bozo the clown look, which is kind of what he had. Kind of. The the hair that kind of comes around the side and up and, you know, the high arched eyebrows and stuff. And then... um, Bippo and Dippo kind of look similar in that they have this more of the traditional triangular clown hats, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. And uh, just a kind of a small button nose and, and you know, that, that makeup. Right. Yeah, and, and, and all three of them are, you know, they're kind of a scary little group. And and what happens is after they the boys come back from the circus, then they basically just have a night at home. Uh, you know, they, they're going to tell ghost stories after they all bathe together. <laughs> yeah, they were, it, it, again... <laughs> It was a very odd scene in the bathroom where the one kid is just taking a bath and the other one's sitting on the toilet. And then the older kid, Randy, is standing there and and just basically insulting them all the whole time. What are you doing? I'm trying to figure out if this is a whisker or a zit. You guys want to show you really got some hair, Casey? You want to show you really got hair where it counts? I'll actually have more to say on that later. But, but <laughs> okay. let's. Uh, but as far as plot is concerned, they're in the house and they're telling ghost stories, and and of course the ghost story surrounds clowns. But you know Casey's kind of getting into it too. They're playing around, uh, and at the climax of the ghost story, they're flipping the lights on and off to make it look like uh, a storm, and that's what draws the attention of these psycho clowns. And uh, from that point on, the clowns are around. Casey sees them first, but he's been so freaked out throughout the whole day, I guess he kind of thinks maybe he's imagining it. Even he's not sure, right? Because there are moments throughout the movie where he closes his eyes. He's just faced head on with one of these clowns. Either they're standing in the path or they're poking out from around the corner. They're looking in through the window. He just closes his eyes tight for like a few seconds way too many seconds. Right. And then opens them. And of course, the clown's still. It's like sort of like his test. 
Yeah, yeah, I guess. Like, he's trying to overcome his fears. You know, he's trying to grow up. You know, he doesn't want to be a little kid anymore and and be afraid of these things. And and the clowns, you know, I'm sure that it's all in the cinematography, how it's shot, that they do a really good job of, you know, being sneaky, you know, being somewhere where it seems like they're going to be revealed and they're going to be found by the other brothers, but then the camera will pan and they'll all of a sudden be gone. You know, they've they've quietly and quickly hidden and and now they're concealed. And that goes on really for kind of a long time. I, I could see how if you were trying to be critical of the film, you might say that there's a little bit of a lag there Mm. um, in the second half when it kind of seems... I I still find it atmospheric and spooky because I still find the, you know, the lingering, creeping clown spooky, but it's kind of the same shtick for a while. Yeah, it really is. Um, They're poking in the window, they're kind of peeking around, and then there are these moments which actually I think were executed very well. Uh, These moments where it's the standard horror movie moment where... You see the person and they're sort of, you know, with their back to a window and you see the clown behind them. And then as soon as they turn around, the clown has just sort of disappeared. There's another really interesting bit where Randy runs across the windows and the clown mirrors, Uh the clown which is outside the window, Uh just mirrors his run across, almost like a reflection. Right. And even he sort of stops and kind of backs up and looks, wondering, was that my reflection or not? And that's when he gets it. Right. But what a cool moment that yeah. was. Yeah, oh, I really liked that shot. I mean, it was, I'm sure they had takes to choose from, but it was just timed really well. It was surprising to me, the viewer, too. Uh, and, you know, I kind of would, I think in the same situation, like Randy, I would have paused, but what the hell does, you know? <laughs> and he kind of goes to the window to look. And that that really is the first time. See, one of the things that I was wondering the whole time I was watching this movie is it kind of has a feel to it, and we've talked about this before, where it almost seems like it's a movie made for kids. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and we've talked about this before. In the 80s, there were these movies that really were legitimately frightening but you kind of got the sense that they were four kids. I mean, this one almost kind of has like a spooky after-school special. It really does. feel to it. And maybe that has something to do with the production. But throughout the whole thing, I kept thinking, you know, what is going to happen? Are, are these boys really in danger? Like, is the film going to go there? Is yeah. it going to kill one of these boys or all of them or any of them? Well, and, it, and there are parts where it's suggested. It is. Hmm. And I mean, it kills two people already. Um, right. So you're right. That, that question is always there. It's not like it's been a safe romp up until right. up until now. We've got two people dead with their next, or four people dead, I guess, with their necks twisted around, but still not bloody. Mm-hmm. All the violence either happens like in a shadow or sort of off screen. Right. Or, you know, somebody gets thrown out of a window and you don't see him land. Right. You just see him fly. Even as far as blood. Uh, very maybe, little. Like a drop of blood comes on somebody's hand or yeah. something like there's that. There's a very fine spray of mist blood in the, in the clown. When the psycho people kill the real clowns, there's a tiny little spray, uh, but very little gore. And and that, I think, was con- was clearly a conscientious choice. I mean, even if for a low-budget film, especially in 1989, even if you don't have a ton of money to do crazy gore effects, you can squirt blood everywhere. Right. And people did that a lot. And it would look, you know, sometimes fine. It was, Sometimes it would look cheesy. But clearly, they were going for a bit of a tamer... Um, rating or something. It seems this. that way. I don't even know. What, I assume it's rated PG-13 because the boys are kind of potty mouth. Um, yeah, it's the cursing that's about it. Yeah, but, but other you than know that. What? Even the Goonies. You ever yeah. watch the Goonies? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, everything but the F word, I think, in the right. Goonies. Uh, all the time, those kids are swearing and cursing. And this is about the same time. Yeah. So it, a couple years later, but... It was just a, di- you know, it was a different time, Todd. Really... <laughs> <laughs> Isn't you know, that true, though? Back in the good old days. Back when, back um, when they actually made movies with kids talking the way they actually right, talked. Right, right, exactly. 
But we were talking about, you know, that scene where the clown and Randy run across, and then Randy kind of looks out the window, and the clown busts his hand through and grabs Randy, and you don't see what happens, but you know, but you know, you see the clown pull him through the window. You know, his face busts through the window, and he gets pulled through, and that was kind of jarring to me because I thought, wow, maybe they are going to go there, and uh, maybe these kids. <laughs> yeah. I didn't know who was going to make it at that I mean, point. it was kind of, again, you didn't really see it, but it was a brutal thing, like mm. to get broken, pulled through a broken glass window, basically, right. is what happened. And I thought, wow, that was a bold choice. Randy's going to, Randy's dead. Mm-hmm. You know, it was exactly what I was thinking. And then, you know, the other boys, first of all, they don't, you know, they think Randy's playing a joke. You know, they hear the con- the commotion downstairs and really Randy was trying to scare them. He was, you know, setting them up for a joke. Dressed himself as a clown. Right. Was- um, but that's when he uh, got pulled through. And then so Jeffrey and Casey kind of look around a little bit and the clowns appear behind them. Casey turns around and sees them, but kind of tries to pull that close my eyes, make them go away thing. And uh, Jeff turns and sees them and is kind of frozen in fear for a minute. Casey! Ah! And then that's, you know, then it's a chase for the rest of the, and, and we don't have much left at that point, but it's a chase through the house. Yeah, it just sort of becomes your home invasion film where they're uh, chasing them through the house. The kids, have, and again, it hits all the beats. The kids are making all the wrong moves. They're of going course. upstairs when they should be going. They're, they go to the front door, and for some reason, the front door is lockable from the outside. Right. It's rigged, I, I guess, it, somehow. It's one of those silly things. Oh, they, they did something. We can't get out, you know, and they kind of run back. And then there's sort of a scene where they get out of the house finally and they're standing there and one of the things that we've sort of seen throughout the movie was this sort of running thing about this Halloween decoration apparently Mm -hmm. it's two weeks before Halloween a giant noose out in the front that uh, in the very beginning of the movie Randy had set up with a dummy and mom said take that down it's not Halloween yet and so he took it down but the noose was still there Mm -hmm. and then we see the dummy back but it's really a dummy and it's uh, you know, earlier it was Jeffrey scaring Randy, right. and then the dummy's gone, and then now they they walk outside and they they see something again in that noose, and they think it's Randy. Right, and I Randy's close too. I thought it was Randy. I did too. And this is really funny, Todd, because w- before I saw this again for the second time, when I was a just my memory from when I was a kid. I remembered that it was like I, I that was the the image that stuck with me that that was their brother hanging there in the tree and that oh. that really got to me as a kid and I remembered in my mind that it was him. In fact, it's not. You know, when <laughs> when, uh, when I watched it again the second time, I was like, oh yeah, there it is. They they hung Randy, and, and in fact, they didn't. Which introduces the mystery. Oh, maybe Randy is alive. And, right. and then they go back inside against all reason. Right. And to they, save their brother. Casey wants to save his brother. And they, and that's the point at which Casey really turns around and starts to get brave. Casey, what the hell's the matter with you? Huh? Are you crazy? You can't go back into that house. We're going to get help. Okay? You listening to me? Yeah. It's interesting that it's at that moment where he's suddenly concerned for his brother, the same brother that has been basically picking on him and beating him down and teasing him this entire time. Obviously, he still doesn't want to see him brutally murdered right. by clowns. 
and he gets some guts and he runs inside against Jeffrey's wishes. Yeah. Jeffrey's like, dude, we need to run. We need to get yeah, out. Yeah, he's the practical one. <laughs> <laughs> he's the smart one. And they go inside. Sure enough, they find him. I thought he would be dead there too, but apparently he's still a little alive. Well, it's left ambiguous. And I kind of wonder, you know, they, they he falls out. And I mean, it's Sam Rockwell. It's the actor. It's not like it's a dummy or anything. I mean, you can tell the kid's alive, mm-hmm. but they don't. What, when he falls out, what they say is, I think he's dead. Mm-hmm. Um, but then they say, let's get him to a safe place. And then Jeffrey pulls him into the den, which is black. He pulls him into this, you know, this darkness. And you hear Jeffrey in a low tone say, I think he's alive. But then that's it. Yeah. We never see Randy again. So. And, you know, hearing that, it made me wonder if that wasn't added in post. Yes, it made me wonder that too. And this, I, it was killing me the whole time I wanted to ask you, was all of the audio in this movie dubbed? <laughs> I think a lot of it was. Oh, clearly a lot of it was. Um, the, the, the part where they were toward the beginning where the three of them are walking along just before they see mm-hmm. the police cars, that was clearly dubbed. And they did a decent job of it, but you can tell the audio that is clearly recorded in a studio when it's a lower budget production like this because it's just a little too clean. Everybody sort of is about the same volume. Uh-huh. Whereas if you'd had a mic there and these three kids, they'd be sort of, some would be a little quieter and a little bit louder than others and it wouldn't be as clean. You're right. It, it got a little distracting. And, and there were certainly times where the audio didn't match up with the video too. You know, mm. somebody would be talking and it wouldn't match up altogether. The mouth. Or, yeah, or there was, right. Or there was uh, one time that uh, Randy and Casey go to this store. That's where the other guy we talked about gets murdered eventually but um there's one point the store lady the lady who's running the store says something i don't think her mouth moved at all Uh, (laughs) (laughs) and and there were you know and it seemed like it seemed like the three kids it seemed like the actors who portrayed the kids did their voiceovers too but i didn't get that sense necessarily from the other actors like Mm -hmm. especially the people in the store yeah i don't know that i was convinced that those were those their voices at all it seemed like it was something that got added in post I'll be heading on home then, Ellie. Fine and dandy, you go on then. Night, boys. Casey, old man. Slow down, you hear? I think you're probably right. And and honestly, that would make sense. A movie with this low budget, so much care was paid to the visuals, you would think that the audio would be as good. But quite frankly, there's a lot of interesting camera angles. There's a lot of movement going on. There's a lot of no extra noise and stuff that could get in there that could just ruin that audio or make it difficult for you to find a good place to put, right. to put a mic. And so I, I wouldn't doubt if a good majority of the audio was ADR, you know, yeah. totally after the fact. And, and the video, like you said, there are some really interesting, I think there are some really interesting shots, you know, interesting uses of color, really kind of haunting imagery, kind of some interesting... Um, like there was one part where uh, Randy is in the attic and he's switch- he's mm. uh, changing a fuse and when he changes the fuse, the light flickers and there's this strobe effect and one of the clowns moves quickly across the the frame in the background and you know just kind of that cool was little stuff like a that. Brilliant moment. That yeah. was very very cool. And there are moments throughout like that, but there are also moments where the video quality gets a little bit low. You know, they're <laughs> a little out of focus sometimes. Yeah. Um, so you're not not going to go into this movie and and see a cinematic masterpiece no but you're not going to see a total hack job yeah either i mean it was well lit and like you said there were great moments there was a lot of care done to this movie script wise i say it's and i think you agree it was it's a it's very much a paint by numbers kind of story yes. yeah the, the the plot is paper thin it really is and it's again it's very predictable up to the point where there's just some really there's some silly laugh out loud silliness in here like 
uh, when they go out to get popcorn and they go out oh why don't we go down old jones road yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then they pan to old jones road and it's this dirt road with a wooden signpost it says old jones yeah. <laughs> road it's like like a signpost that doesn't exist in any right. in any city i don't care how small it is oh, gosh, since yeah. you know 1932 yeah absolutely <laughs> and uh of course, I mentioned the country store people and stuff mm-hmm. being a little too bumpkiny for the uh, for for what it really is. And then at one point, the the kid says, uh, they "Could uh, suggest calling the police." And he says, "Call officer friendly." <laughs> and he keeps it, that he keeps saying it over and over, and it just doesn't get any less funny. Eventually, he does. He calls on the phone, officer friendly. <laughs> <laughs> and you hear somebody kind of mumbling on the other end. Is this officer friendly? <laughs> oh gosh, yeah, definitely. And some real, some funny lines that I, I think they were trying to be intentionally funny. I don't know if they hit their mark exactly as much as they wanted to. But um, when uh, Casey and Jeff. They've seen the clowns. The clowns are after them. One of the clowns gets a hold of Jeff and is like throttling him on the ground. Casey grabs a lamp and smashes it over the clown's head. And they get up and they're running away. And as they're running up the stairs, Jeffrey says, That was mom's favorite lamp, Casey. I mean, kind of some silly stuff like yeah. that. And the whole time, you know, a lot of the lines are a little bit corny like that. I don't know. For me, maybe it's nostalgia. Uh, it's it's a little bit precious to me. Oh, and sure. How about when the clown, I can't remember which which of the brothers uh, he has, but I think it's even Chizo has got a hold of one of the brothers. And it, it was either Jeffrey or it was uh, Casey who grabs a frying pan, like a literal yeah. like cast iron frying pan, and hits the clown on the head <laughs> with it. <laughs> Twice, <laughs> just like a clown routine, yeah. you know, and and that was it was uh, a testament actually to the there was, it was a rare moment of subtlety where that was a joke, but they didn't make it a huge joke, right? You know, yeah. they just kind of threw that yeah, in, yeah, a that, little wink. That was kind of funny. Well, you said about the script. The script was written by Victor Salva, who was also the director. This was his second feature. The other uh, film that he had done was called Something in the Basement. And actually, there's in Casey's room, there's a poster for Something in the Basement, um, which I've never seen. I don't even know if it's available on video. I think it was, you know, some real low budget deal. But Victor Salva went on to do some uh, big stuff. I mean, he, uh, his big comeback, and I'll explain why he had to come back in a second, but his big comeback (laughs) was Powder. Um, Oh, that was a great movie. Yeah, and then he also directed both Jeepers Creepers films and wrote those as well. Uh, which you, know, you haven't seen the Jeepers Creepers. I have movies, not. Have I've heard good things about them. Yeah, I, well, the first one's really good. The second one's a, a, a decent, solid sequel. But Salva had to take a break. And, you know, we were talking earlier about how these boys, um, you know, modesty is not an issue for them. The three boys, you know, are in the bathroom together. The one is in the bathtub. The other is kind of drying off or whatever. Well, and earlier, there was a whole bit of deal of, of him peeing himself. Right. And the kids are walking around in their underwear, underwear. quite a bit. And he's, like, changing and he's pulling up and you see his bare butt and all right huh, okay now we'll we'll bring it to uh, a downer I wanted to get through the fun talk first after the movie was wrapped oh, no. it was discovered that Salva had been molesting the young actor who played Casey throughout are you, production are you kidding me no in fact uh, it it, it gives me the willies just to even say it out loud but uh, Salva videotaped himself performing a sex act on the kid um 
and it came to light. I think that the the actor eventually told his parents, and uh, Salva um, was tried and convicted and and did time in prison um, for this. Whoa! <clears throat> I, so I didn't. I I asked Todd not to read anything about this movie before we watched <laughs> it because I I just knew that going in knowing that would leave a bad taste in one's mouth. Sure. <clears throat> so, you know, this is something... Uh, so to speak. Yeah, I uh, I teach uh, literature, and, and this is something that we were just talking about in, in my AP Lit class, uh, Heart of Darkness, um, you know, a classic piece of literature, but it's been criticized a lot because of its racist portrayal of Native Africans. Uh, and some have suggested that because of that, it shouldn't be taught. Now, that, that made me think about this movie... Because I guess my question is kind of a philosophical question for a horror movie podcast, but, you know, does that, you know, what, what impact does that have? I mean, can we still appreciate the movie for what it is without consideration of the ugliness behind it? That's a good question. I mean, art ideally would stand apart from the artist, wouldn't mm-hmm. it? Most artists want its art to speak for itself. Uh, and even when, you know, teaching literature, you have the whole concept in literature of the unreliable narrator. Right. Even though the person telling the story is ostensibly the person writing the story, that is actually not the person writing the right. story. The views of the narrator, the views expressed in a story, no, where a story goes and what it portrays does not at all necessarily reflect the views of the person doing it. They're, right. they're putting a piece out there. Y- you you know? can't make that assumption. And, and that's kind of how I feel about literature, and it's kind of how I feel about this film. I'm sure that this was you know, a terrible uh, trauma for, for this young actor, and I, I don't think that he did anything else uh, after this. And so that's, that's, that's sad, and I don't want to downplay that in any way. But... You know, if you don't know that, or if you can just kind of uh, appreciate the movie for what it is, Salva did his time, you know, and and he came back, and uh, he's had a pretty successful career since then. I don't know. It's just uh, an interesting bit of context. And now, do you see now why I didn't want you to know going in? Well, you know, it does color it. I mean, it just colors you. It's hard to get that out of your head. You know, don't think of a white elephant, you know? Good luck with that. But it is hard to get that out of your head, especially just seeing that, the whole movie, and he, I think he wrote it too, didn't he? He did. Mm-hmm. He wrote it, he edited it. I mean, the movie was clearly a passion project for him, focusing on these three young boys. Mm-hmm. Uh, a very good portrayal of three young boys, but then it's especially sad to think that the one that even in the story is so troubled and tormented, and you spend most of the movie watching this kid with this troubled, tormented look on your face. Well, and this actor has... He has a youthfulness about him that I think is even, I think that chronologically he's older than he seems. Um, he, he seems very kind of vulnerable and, and innocent. And, and you know, I, 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 maybe, maybe that's acting. I don't know. It, it makes you wonder. Wow. Well, thank you, Craig. Thanks for that. Uh, that's, really... why, that's why I saved it for the end. Oh, what else do I say now, right? I, would, I wanted to make everybody listen to the whole thing before we got to the <laughs> the troubling part. Let's... But but really, I mean... Uh... <laughs> Let's laugh more about Officer Friendly. Right. <laughs> you know, I, I and, and I know that there are people out there who will not see this movie just for that reason. And I, I respect that. I understand it. Um, of course, I didn't know anything about it when uh, I first saw it. Don't know if it would have changed anything if I had... But, uh, you know, if, if you're a horror enthusiast, this is 
It's an obscure movie. Had you ever heard of it before? I'd never heard of it, no. I don't think a lot of people have. And funnily enough, you know, I was reading on IMDb, a lot of people had the same experience that I did. They saw it randomly when they were kids. It terrified them. They sought it out as adults. You know, if you look at the comment boards uh, on IMDb, um, you'll see, you know, the, the topic threads will be, this is the scariest movie I've ever seen in my life. It had some impact on some people if, if you're interested in seeing something that's a little bit more obscure and maybe a little hard to find. Even though we've said it's, it seems to be somewhat geared towards kids, if you are not as jaded, I guess, as we are, if you haven't seen as many horror films as I have, uh, and we're seeing this for the first time, and you still get kind of freaked out by those moments of, you know, the jump scares and the people looking in the windows and stuff, I think you would find this movie pretty scary. Yeah, I think, you know, you, it's, we sat here and watched, because we take notes and whatnot, we're sitting here watching it in a well-lit room. I think if you turn off the lights mm-hmm. and snuggle up with somebody and you go in with that attitude, that that's what you're looking for. You want fun scares. I think you'll get it. I think you'll be satisfied here. We should get a couple lamps in here, shouldn't we? (laughs) (laughs) Maybe. You know, one last thing I did want to mention is that I think there is a sort of when you read a script, you can often get a different impression of of the film or the play or whatever than when you watch the end product. Mm -hmm. And sometimes a film can sort of transcend a crappy script because of the acting and things like that. And sometimes the reverse happens. You see a film that's clearly kind of low budget, clearly by numbers, but you get this sense that behind it, inside that script, even if it never came out on screen, there was a certain level of thought, a certain level of philosophy, and a certain care that was put into it that sadly is, is going to be lost to us because we it didn't show through in the final product. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's just pure pretentiousness Mm -hmm. (laughs) and sometimes i think it is uh, it isn't and in this particular case i was a little taken by the fact that the movie started with this quote Mm -hmm. and it ended with a quote Mm -hmm. and it about fear and then there were a couple interesting lines in the film the film the line that you referenced earlier where the kid is outside crying and it's a pretty important moment it's a real it's a move it's a moment that the movie really focuses in on And he talks about why he's afraid of clowns. And he says, they're fake. You know, they're big, happy smiles, painted faces, but you never know what's really inside. Mm -hmm. That's a really profound statement for a film like this. It is. And, you know, when the film ends somewhat dramatically, I guess, I mean, it's left on kind of, it's not left really on a light note. I mean, you don't know what happened to Randy and, and Jeffrey and Casey appear to be out of danger. You know, they've killed the clowns, but you know, that's it. Jeffrey kind of rescues uh, Casey and then it just pans out to the outside of the house and we get another quote. Did you write that one? I did. It said, um, the quote is, and it's not attributed to anybody. Mm -mm. So, you know, who knows where it came from or if they just made it up, but it said, no man can hide from his fears as they are a part of him. They'll always know where he's hiding. And, you know, it's kind of a silly movie, but it, it seemed fitting. It didn't seem like they were trying to knock you over the head with some kind of moral. It was more just kind of this general statement that I think most of us can probably agree with. Yeah, and it fits in with the theme. You know, the clowns are putting on the masks. It's not just being afraid of our fears, but it's also, you know, talking about hiding from our fears and that we put on these masks to hide from our fears. And maybe that, I think, is what the kid is sort of positing is maybe that's what clowns do. These people are people like you and me and they're afraid, but they put on this happy face in order to protect themselves from that, in order to sort of shield that to the world. Yet, 
you can't escape those fears because they're a part of you. Right. And they'll always seek you out, which is sort of, again, that, that invasion part of the movie. And then, I guess now, knowing what you told me, piling another sort of layer on top of that, knowing a little bit now about the background of uh, the director probably not being who he said he would be. And um, who clearly is battling inner demons of his own. Yeah, it really throws a very interesting twist on this, knowing that he wrote the script and probably put those words in the mouth of the boy and on the screen uh, before and after. Wow. Yep. Bet, bet you didn't expect it to get that deep, did you? <laughs> I sure didn't. <laughs> well, it's Clown House, 1989. Check it out. Uh, it is a movie worth seeing, I think. Uh, thank you so much for listening to us, another podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share this podcast with a friend. Check out our Facebook page, like us there, or uh, go to our podcast and check out our many other episodes and, and further episodes to come. Once again, this is Todd. And I'm Craig. And this is Two Guys in a Chainsaw. Wow.